Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you would like to check out any of these stories for yourself. We have all of the links there that you're going to need. Let's go to our first piece of the week that looks at service access for LGBT folks on Medicaid. The Medicaid and CHIP Payment and Access Commission, or MACPAC, published a report on the experiences of 1.2 million LGBT individuals who receive Medicaid. There were a lot of interesting findings in this, way more than I can get into. Um, So we're going to stick to a couple points. And again, feel free to check out that report for yourself. But one interesting thing was uh, looking at LGBT individuals in particular who are on Medicaid. They found that they were uh, about as likely as their heterosexual peers to access physical health services. However, when they looked at mental health services, they found that LGBT folks were accessing these services less than others, despite the the, uh, complementary findings that they needed the services more. So higher need, but lower access. So definitely problematic. And the same uh, scenario repeated itself with respect to substance use services. So um, really interesting um, study, a lot more that we could unpack and discuss there. Uh, but just this first point really shows how, um, you know, we, we often know about the, the needs, the elevated need for mental health and behavioral health care within our population. But, you know, here's some evidence that um, folks on Medicaid who, you know, often face a lot of other um, barriers, including financial barriers, are less likely to be accessing services as well. So that's, of course, going to compound the disparities that we already face. Next up, Hawaii advances bill for trans care access. Honolulu Civil Beat reported that the state's legislature has passed a bill that may improve access for gender-affirming care. While the state banned insurers from discriminating against uh, trans patients a few years ago, insurers are still categorizing many critical services as being quote-unquote cosmetic, despite plenty of evidence that these services improve health and save lives. The new bill would uh, prohibit insurers from making blanket determinations that services often needed as part of gender-affirming care, such as hormone therapy, facial surgery, and voice therapy or surgery, are cosmetic and thus not covered by health insurance. It would also require more clarity for what was covered, which I think with any type of healthcare we can all say is probably a good idea. It's very hard to figure out what's covered, what's not, and what it's going to cost. And it would provide a clear appeals process so that if they did say something was cosmetic and um, a trans patient felt that it was not, that there would be an easier process for them to say that's not true. So a really good uh, bill and I think a good example of how just banning discrimination is not necessarily going to improve care. There are lots of ways around that um, for companies that don't want to um, you know, provide that level of care. So definitely um, an, an, a really great bill. And if you needed one more reason to want to visit Hawaii, I think this is a good one. And one more story on that same theme, North Carolina court rules for trans patients. Jurists reported that a federal judge in North Carolina ruled in favor of transgender state employees whose health insurance package did not include gender-affirming care. The judge found that the science strongly supported the medical necessity of gender-affirming care, 
whereas the competing evidence uh, used to deny such care was questionable, at best I would say, and mixed science with political aims, which the court pointed out is not the job of the court to weigh politics and controversies and conspiracies. You know, they, they are looking at the law and where applicable applying science. And here the science is really applicable because, you know, if, if, if this was a service that wasn't actually essential, then maybe, you know, the, the state would be in their right to deny it. But instead, the judge found that this ban um, violated the Constitution uh, as well as the Civil Rights Act. So should see um, insurance coverage for uh, trans state employees in North Carolina improving as a result. And now our next story, what parents and caregivers of LGBT kids can do. Healthline reviewed the research on the needs of LGBT youth and what parents can do to support LGBT or questioning children. They highlighted a recent brief from the Treasure, uh, Trevor Project that was based on their annual survey of LGBT youth mental health, which we covered previously here on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, they looked specifically at this brief, and one of the findings from that was that a minority of um, parents and caregivers uh, were currently reported by their, by their kids as educating themselves about LGBT issues um, and openly discussing LGBT issues with their children, whereas they did better, you know, more than 50% of parents were doing some other um, positive steps. But, you know, it seemed like this idea about educating themselves and discussing things um, were less common um, supportive activities for parents to currently be engaging in. The article also includes interviews with experts who gave tips, such as approaching these issues openly, even if the parent still has doubts or concerns, researching things because this is a good way to reduce their anxiety about discussing them, and making sure that they are trying to understand their child's identity and show respect for it, such as using the appropriate pronouns. Next up, VA highlights gay stories. The Department of Veterans Affairs, which has uh, been doing some stuff related to Pride Month and beyond, shared the story of a gay social worker who, for years, worked with veterans without anyone knowing his sexual orientation. When an 88-year-old veteran opened up about being gay himself, something he had never told anyone, the social worker felt compelled to open up too. In the years since that encounter, issues for LGBT veterans have made progress, such as ending the discriminatory don't ask, don't tell policy, and some more limited back and forth progress in terms of protecting transgender veterans. However, the social worker who now trains others says that there are still a lot of patients like his who are not always comfortable sharing their identity and who can benefit greatly when they do. So really uh, just a nice story to hear about these two coming together and growing more confident sharing their own identities in a healthcare setting. Really a nice story. And in our final piece of the week, LGBT Ukrainians face challenges and some support. DevX reported on the situation facing LGBT Ukrainians who have fled war in their country and are now residing in Poland in the case of this particular story. Now, Poland is a country where LGBT folks face many barriers. It's frequently rated one of the worst in the EU in terms of LGBT issues. Uh, So advocates say that LGBT refugees there have unique needs, um, such as receiving housing and employment that will not discriminate against them, and medical services that are often stigmatized, especially for trans people, but HIV another important one as well. 
While local activists have been stepping up to help, and that's highlighted here in this story, some are saying that the government, you know, different uh, government entities at different levels have not been as helpful in, uh, in helping advance the needs of LGBT refugees as they have the overall refugee population. So um, definitely something interesting and important to think about as this really terrible uh, conflict seems, you know, to, to be dragging on um, for a long time. And we know that the, the refugees are going to need help even beyond beyond the end of the conflict. So definitely something for, for all of us around the world to support these communities to be thinking about, you know, what can be done um, to improve that situation. Well, that brings to the end another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thanks so much for tuning in. And don't forget, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to check out any of these stories for yourself.